Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Hi there, and welcome back to this week's episode of the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast. We're so happy to have you listening today. And today's topic is a bit heavy, I have to say, uh, in light of the recent tragic events that have taken place in Canada. We're going to shed some light on the topic of systemic racism. And we're going to provide you with some strategies on how to approach this topic with your family, particularly your kids, your tweens, your teens. And it was a big learning for us as well. Right, Shaista? Huge learning and a lot of research that we had to do as well in order to be able to provide the correct terminology and the knowledge and the strategies that we have used and we know are going to be working for you. Now, for those of you who are not aware of these incidents, there was an incident about uh, two weeks ago from the time that we are recording this episode amongst four members of a Muslim family who were killed in a premeditated vehicle attack. So there was a family of five walking on the street and a man um, essentially ran them over for being Muslim. Four of the members of the family died. And the boy who is aged nine is the only survivor who is still in hospital with serious injuries. And this is not the only event that has taken place in Canada recently. In the city of Kamloops in southern British Columbia, the remains of over 215 children have been found and they were part of Canada's residential school system. So these are kids that were not accounted for originally and their bodies were found and there's still no full picture of the number of children who died and the circumstances of their death but this is definitely a dark part of our Canadian history that that is being illuminated right now Mm -hmm. and I feel as though they're in light of these recent events that there are so many questions that are being risen by our children. And this is the reason we felt as though we really need to do a podcast on this. And we also want to put light amongst the communities that have been affected by these tragic events and share our compassion and empathy with them. Absolutely. And we know that uh, there's a lot of mourning going on and there's a lot of collective grief. And we definitely um, share our sympathies and our empathy and condolences with these communities. And 
when we first started looking into this topic of systemic racism, we felt it was really important to define what it is. Mm-hmm. So systemic racism, so it's a term that's not taught in schools, right? So it's very different from individual acts of racism. Systemic racism is when larger structural institutions uphold the belief that other races are superior to people of color, right? So these systems aren't built through outright racism, but instead through an ingrained bias that doesn't allow or provide equal opportunities of racialized peoples to be successful. And sometimes you gotta ask yourself, is this really a thing? Is this the world that we're living in? We're in Canada, we're so multicultural, we're so diverse, we're supposed to be so accepting and this cannot exist in Canada. Yeah. and. It does. And I was watching an episode where the Honorable Adrian Clark was our honorable guest. And she pointed to the fact and in quotes, Canada is not a buffet table. It is a sit down dinner. She also alluded to uh, pointing to the fact that Canada is like a dysfunctional family. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. You have loving parents, but you also have that uncle or aunt who maybe not as appropriate or (laughs) maybe the one who's causing a little bit of trouble here and there, but you accept them and you acknowledge them and you know that they are there and you work together as a family. As dysfunctional as it is. Exactly. Well, our entire country was actually built upon systemic racism. And I mean, it was built on the stolen and colonized land, but We have a history that has brought our policies, procedures, the way we operate together in this system. Now, people will deny that it exists and it doesn't exist for everyone. Right. But that is part of the system. That is the system where it's so subtle and it exists. I mean, in employment statuses, in There's a gap in wealth in certain communities. There's uh, housing discrimination, even even our immigration policy, right? Um, The the infant mortality of certain communities, healthcare and education, it's huge, right? It's huge. And incarcerations, would you believe that Indigenous people make up 30% of incarcerations in Canada, but only make up 10% of the Canadian population. (laughs) That is, that, that just is mind blowing for me to even hear that. But, you know, I'm not even that surprised Mm -hmm. just thinking about it. I'm not surprised. And these systems that are put in place, just as you said, doesn't come to light until you turn on that switch and you do some digging around it and you realize how much it does come into play. And you realize. Yeah. And in education, in, in, um, 
in the healthcare system. And you just realize how subtle, but how magnificent it is in our world. Absolutely. And I know that last year there were some events and and even the Black Lives Matter movement came into play, which brought up some terms such as white privilege. And, you know, some people were really offended by these terms. Right. But white privilege, it it's basically like this uh, unspoken advantage that a dominant culture has over people of color and it's being brought to light. I'm really, there is an upside to all this, that these things are being illuminated. Now we're in an era where systems are breaking down and we are in a space to move forward. Yeah. And it's really being illuminated in our children in this next generation. Mm-hmm. There's dialogue happening now, right? There's mm-hmm. um, the awareness that protests are happening. Mm-hmm. There's communities across the nation, across Canada, across America that we're talking about George Floyd's death. There were conversations occurring, important conversations occurring. And I really feel as though there is going to be a shift. It may not be a huge shift, but there will be a shift in our children's understanding of systemic racism and how they're going to approach it. Mm-hmm. And this is happening across there's so many different groups that are affected i mean there's the indigenous community there's a black community there's a south asian community obviously the muslim community but even the asian and pacific islander communities they have been targeted during this pandemic through hate crimes as well uh there is the LGBTQ community, and they face a lot of marginalized discrimination, especially if they're a person of color. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and Canada actually has one of the highest gay populations in the world that has come out. And I wonder how many of those individuals are also people of color. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. And, and, and the, uh, the discrimination, um, not just based on their orientation, but as well as on their race or religion. Mm-hmm. And this is such a huge topic. We can go down a complete rabbit hole speaking about so many aspects. But this episode of our podcast is dedicated to giving you strategies right now to have these important conversations with your children because children are asking questions and they are speaking about it in their classrooms and the teachers are trying to address it as best as they can. So kudos to those teachers who are bringing up this important conversation. And you may feel like, what if my child is too young? What is age appropriate? Mm-hmm. We can have these age appropriate conversations from a young age. Yeah. And, you know, these teachers are doing such an amazing job and so are districts. So we got a lot of emails as well from districts um, outlining these events and how they are uh, tackling some of these questions. And 
it's never too early to start, right? Two and a half at two and a half is when kids start noticing differences. Two and a half. And it's when they notice these these differences and they ask questions about it, where it is the opportune time to address. It is our responsibility as parents when they are asking these questions to observe, to point out differences, and to understand how it affects our lives. A lot of the times, parents are quick to dismiss differences, right? And um, no, you know what? It doesn't matter that that person has a different skin color. What matters is that their heart is good or, you know, that they're a good person, which is all very true. But in order to break down these systems, the awareness of differences need to be shared with the youngest of our children. So, Point out these differences. Yes, you're right. That person does have black skin color. That person does have white skin color. Our kids are not born knowing hate. We are born out of love. It is hate is a learned behavior. It is a learned way of being. And I remember when Adia was two and a half. You said two and a half, right, is when they start to feel they notice differences or racial biases. That is the exact age that we watched the Frozen movie with Adia. And after that movie, she told me that she wanted to have skin like Elsa and hair like Elsa. Mm-hmm. And that she didn't really understand why she had brown skin. And I had to have this conversation with her at two and a half and I went out and I got every Barbie doll and every um, Disney character that was of color. Right. And at that time, there wasn't that many. There was there was Pocahontas. I got her Elena. I got her Mulan. And so she wanted to be white and kids can get messages that white is preferred and ideal at a very young age. And I even want to point out that we have so much discrimination or that white is preferred, even with, with you and I being South Asian, even within our own community and culture. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Shades of different skin tone is associated with a certain status, right? Exactly. And And um, even in India, even in India and within the whole community, this is such a big deal. As soon as a child is born, what's commented on? It's her or his skin color. And so we have this, we even have this systemic racism going on within our own communities. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's important to acknowledge that, right? And Mm -hmm. it's important to not ignore differences, right? And it's never too early to start this conversation with your children, right? And acknowledging differences, this is going to be able to help them understand differences and raise awareness Mm -hmm. so that not only are they not only do they feel seen and heard, but they're also able to see different backgrounds and value different experiences of other people. 
Absolutely. And we have to be very honest, very specific, and in order to build trust in our children so that these next generations can really they can be in a position to confront these racial injustices because although things are being illuminated and we keep moving forward, sometimes we may, children may ask when they look at the history, why does this keep happening? Why are we still doing this? Why are we still having this conversation? Well, guess what? The conversations are just starting and we are at the forefront as parents right now to become conscious on this topic. And I actually uh, read about a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and uh, they had a really cool exercise, Dr. Aaron Winkler. And this is a really good exercise for teachers as well. So it's to address the question, why does this keep happening? So what you do is take out some string and you have your child basically wind themselves up with the string, tie themselves up really well, tie their hands, entangle themselves in the string. And then you talk about the fact that racism, oppression and discrimination, that it's been around for a long time and it's been building. And so you give the example of that it's it's like a tangled and layered topic. So it's taking time to undo, just like it's going to take the child time to undo the string that they're tangled in. So you can explain to them that it could take generations to work on this, but it's being worked on. So even one not becomes undone, that is progress. So that's the exercise that this, uh, associate professor has recommended to teach kids about to address that question. Why does this keep happening? I love that. And even as you were talking, I was actually visualizing it and it helped me understand that a little bit better too, because it seems so um, tangled up, right? Like in in my mind as well. And when you, you do that exercise, you can see that there are just I mean, like, I just think of this onion, like peeling these layers of an onion, right? And getting to the core of it. And there's just so much there that as an entire society and nation that we will uncover, right? And we will come to terms with. And there's so much that is not taught in our current education system that hopefully will be in the future. Shaisha, what's amazing is that our kids are learning about Indigenous culture. We did not learn about that when we were in school. Yeah, you know when I started learning about it? When I became a teacher. (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that... It, we are in a place where, and I mentioned this before, uh, a big change is going to occur and it'll come in the form of our kids. And this is why it's so important to address these issues and bring awareness of it to our kids right now. Absolutely. And one strategy is to work on ourselves. So become aware of our own biases so that we don't perpetuate the issue. So our own language at home, it is so easy to not 
be aware of what we're speaking, mm-hmm. the power of our words, because we have grown up with certain biases ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. And now that times are changing, we have to become aware of our language. We have to become aware of not only our words, but our body language as well. When we're exhibiting fear, when we, for example, walking with our children through an airport, how do we act? Walking with our children or as a family in downtown somewhere downtown late at night, night, how do we act? Right. So we have, our kids are watching us. It's time for us to model everything to them. And we really need to become aware of our own biases because we even growing up in our own communities and cultures have our own biases as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And I remember growing up and um, being, uh, being told that it's, Best to marry within your own, um, your own, uh, your own culture, culture and religious background, and your own faith-based community. And if you didn't, that um, that would be looked down upon. That your friend circle should be also as as that. And I grew up uh, believing that, right? And it's it, because I grew up believing that it took conscious effort for me to grow and to change the way that I present myself to my daughters, right? So interacting with, if I want my kids to interact with people from different backgrounds and to see all races in a positive way and to have fewer biases, I need to model that. I need to create these relationships that are different from me, right? With different backgrounds and lead by example, Mm -hmm. right? So benefiting by educating myself benefits not just me, but it benefits my children who will then benefit the world. Yes, and that is such a good point. I mean, there is no denying that as humans, we tend to feel more comfortable with our own kind or our own tribe, but we're in a time where your tribe can look like anything at this point. And so tribes are evolving and it's important to, it's important to teach our children from a young age that we accept everyone we are part of the human race. Yes, exactly. The human race. And when you are with your tribe, that's matching your value systems, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, um, you know, hanging out with the crew that uh, likes to do things as you. But just as you said, they don't have to be looking the same as you. They don't have to even like the same things that you do, right? But that value system is there. And talking about this human human connection and this human race, this is the exact reason why I wrote Back Home, right? I mean, to highlight this exact point. And for me, the reason that back home has been so um, prominent in Canada 
has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the message that it comes with. So today it actually sits in the parliament office in Ottawa in the library. It's Amazing. in many school districts and libraries. And again, it has nothing to do with me. It's around this message of this connection of humanity that we all have, right? It is intentionally providing our youngest of children with something that they can all connect to, right, in the form of literature, in the form of a picture book that helps them to not only understand and realize and recognize differences amongst us, but also to see that there are areas in which we are all the same. We are connected through this whole chain of humanity. Just by being human, we are connected in having this universal knowledge, um, this higher, whatever you want to call it, this higher power. We're connected from this source, right? And it's only because of um these differences that we do have that we're able to grow and evolve and make this collective force stronger and bigger and work together. And with having literature, not just back home, but there's many books that you can find in the library that have um, what I like to call child speak, right? So it's language that children can understand that address these issues and that help bring awareness to systemic racism as well as um, racism that is individual and is more overt than systemic racism. You bring up two amazing points. So one, I love the idea of the picture book, like your book back home, the storytelling. So st Stories are such an amazing way for kids of all ages or even adults to, to understand concepts. So when we tell a story and show people of color, uh, diff people from different communities being leaders, then we can support positive racial identification mm -hmm. at a young age, right? Mm -hmm. And... And the other point I love that you brought up is we are headed towards this era of highlighting the human race rather than these individual racial communities and biases that we are used to identifying with. And so it seems like such an idealistic view. It seems mm -hmm. so idealistic and talking about the human race and humanity and bring it all together. But it is that's where we're headed. It may take generations, but that's where we're headed. Not to say that we should not acknowledge feelings right now and name racism for what it is. It's important to actually call it out and name it with our kids so that we can uh, put accountability to it. And that is actually very important. So being honest with your kids, like after the George Floyd incident happened in the U.S., I have a friend who is in the U.S. and she couldn't say to her sons, her black sons, oh, don't worry, that's never going to happen to you. She had to be very, very honest. And she 
said to them, yes, there's a probability that that can happen to you, but we're going to do whatever we can to stay safe as a family and keep out of harm's way. But she still had to name the racism for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's through these challenges and through these 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 steps that we are taking right now that will eventually get us to this idealistic place. And even though there's there are lots of there is racism going on, there's also a lot of individuals who are heading into that idealistic position right now, right? And you know. I have to be honest here as well, that um, incident that happened in London, mm-hmm. I had to really think about how I wanted to talk about that incident with Mayel. And it, we're Muslim as well, right? And mm-hmm. it's the same thing. I couldn't say to her that this won't happen to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did tell her that she is safe right now, right? And that racism does occur. but. In light of this, even though this is the most such a tragic, tragic event, there were so many people who came out and supported the the Muslim community and communities in general and came out in the name of humanity. Right. And this aspect of uh, pointing out differences, pointing out different races, when you think about when your children are really young. What kind of descriptors do we use, right? When we're, uh, think about brown bear, brown bear. Oh, there's a yellow bird. There's a red dog. There's a blue horse. Look over there. There's a blue car. But if if a child were to say that person has black skin, a young child, your automatic response is going to be, oh, don't say that. We don't talk Mm -hmm. about race. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so, hushing it, right? So true. When, when, audio- we, when we do, go ahead. When go we ahead. do do that, yeah. When we do do that, it just kind of it indicates to the children, right, that noticing differences is wrong, it's right? Wrong. And then, yeah. And then what happens is that they get guided not through us as parents having these conversations, but through media or peers or society. And they will that will end up shaping our child's ideas around race and religion. Yes, yes, definitely. It's so important to speak about it in the most honest way possible. When Adya was young, I even found myself saying, Adya, don't call that person white, say that they're Caucasian. I even found myself saying that to her. And now this whole big conversations are happening about, you know, white privilege. So it's, it's important to, we are evolving. It goes to show the conversations are evolving and there are so many acts of humanity going on with, with the protests happening. This only means that there's a there's a shift being created. And Another strategy that I want to point out is even for our older kids, like the teen, the ones in the teenage years, teaching them to be to be allies in this in this fight against systemic racism. And I don't even like to use the word fight. I like to use the word evolve and that we're moving forward and in this progression of systemic racism that we're Mm -hmm. seeing. So history can't be undone. 
but we can move forward and we can teach our children to be allies in the situation, like to, to really don't be uh, afraid to speak out against racism and and if it if it shows up in your life and we were taught to really hush the racism and not notice it and not acknowledge it and not speak up don't cause any trouble and don't say what you really want to say and don't look like you're different although you're being singled out <laughs> right so we want it yeah absolutely so have them be allies in 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 the conversation and the progression of it. I remember when I was a teacher in a predominantly white community, I was the only female teacher of color in that school, in that school of over 1,200 students. You were the only person of color. I was the only the only female person of color. So despite my qualifications, although I was highly qualified for the position in the back of my mind, I thought, okay, was, was the diversity card played here? Because you always have to wonder. Yeah, absolutely. And that, see, this is the whole, um, reasoning around not only understanding our own biases, but also as women of color ourselves, Mm -hmm. bringing in awareness that biases, biases will more likely happen, right? They will happen undoubtedly. And it's the way we address them and address them. And it's the way that we show up in our own selves and the way that we portray ourselves and the strength we bring to it in which our children will learn from. That is such an important point that you made about us being strong in ourselves and our own self-worth, which is the work that we do. So teaching kids how to be strong in their own self-worth from a young age. I remember when my parents came to Canada just to fit into society, and a lot of people were doing this, they changed their names to sound more, I guess we could say white, and so that they didn't have employment discrimination whenever their resumes were looked at. And I'm sure that is still happening right now. And a lot of people are sometimes altering their identities to fit in, altering their names. And we want to teach young, our young generation that you are who you are. And it starts with accepting themselves first. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And being strong um, as an individual, their name and all. Right. And I really wanted to talk about having this awareness of calling out racism when we see it. It's really important to call out, even if it's just a family member or a friend, even if it is just a racist joke or a comment, something that doesn't resonate with you or may seem a little bit uncomfortable to to call it out, not in a a confrontational way, but just even saying something like I'm uncomfortable with what you said or um, can we say that a different way? 
And the reason why I bring this up is, again, because children observe and learn a lot from us, right, and our interactions. And so they will pick up on if we aren't addressing it. If something is said and we're not addressing it, they will pick up on that. And if we do address it, we're giving them subconsciously the tools to do the same when they encounter racism amongst their peers, amongst their communities, or even amongst their own racial community that they're in. Mm-hmm. And not to say that we want to lose our sense of humor, because sometimes I enjoy those comedians that make those, <laughs> those jokes like such, Very as, true. such as there are certain comedians that really uh, hit the nail on the head and it's pretty fun. Right. But yeah, yeah. we definitely yeah. want to teach our kids to do that. And I want to also say that sometimes people say things and they're really they're not with bad intention they're just unaware they're just unaware that they're being biased or racist or coming across that way they may not feel that way in their hearts so we really have to use discernment when we decide to call someone out because you got to always look at the intentions of a person Mm-hmm, exactly. And with the with that being said as well, if the intentions are not to hurt someone when they are called out or it, it is brought to their attention, their communication back will be one that is positive. Right. And most likely they will say, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about it that way. But more importantly, your child will be observing that whole interaction and know that it is okay to address these situations as they occur. And sometimes we can't even call it out because we're not even aware ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it really is a learning process. And I say that we really have to work on ourselves. So take part in working on yourself, your own biases. And I go back to the work of David Doctor, I mean, (laughs) sorry, Dr. David Hawkins and his work on the map of consciousness where he measured the frequency of emotions. And if we choose to resonate at a frequency of love, which is a high resonating emotion. We work on our anger, we work on our shame, we take part in healing our our own ancestral lineage. We can really level up humanity in that way and heal our DNA and ourselves moving forward. We can really change the course of our future. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you said that and raising that consciousness and that universal consciousness together. Absolutely. And that is what we're here to do is raise the collective human consciousness. And that is how we move forward from this tangled web of systemic racism. So I think we're we're good to go on this topic right now. We've given you some strategies and we hope that you will um, utilize them. I hope that they will, they were 
helpful for you. And please keep the conversation going on this. Connect with us in our Facebook group. We want to we want to be a part of the solution here. So that's why we are uh, having this conversation with you. And we're excited to hear and to know what your insights are as well. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to our next episode. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.